0: Guys, this has been a very long, long time. It's been about two months. This pandemic is finally, I would say, a lot over. And it's been a while. I haven't done a podcast in a couple months. Luckily, one of my good friends, Max Heidegger, is in the house. He just came from, well, the car just went by. He came from Israel. He's from California, local near me. But he was playing basketball overseas. and. It's one of those things where uh, I, I just had to wait for him, and he's finally back home for summer, and this is a very special treat. But before we get into Max and talking about the European Bas- Basketball League, we got to talk about our sponsor, My Whistlebox. If you guys haven't checked it out yet, if you're an athlete, if you're in Calenin, anything that you're dealing with private information, please go download My Whistlebox. It's going to save your life. It's a new way to exchange private information. So. If you're a fan, are you, are you a fan after I've talked to you about it a thousand times?
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, you got to download it. Sounds good. It. And
0: that's our only sponsor because we're not sponsored by anyone else. Just kidding. We got more in the future. But welcome back, guys. We got Max Heidegger in the house. This is super fun. We're going to talk about hopefully for 45 minutes before this camera turns off. Um, <laughs> that, that, hopefully that doesn't die on us like the last one did. But if you haven't listened to the last one with Renzo, Renzo is a music producer slash singer that was a top 10 finalist on American Idol. I think you, you, you should go check it out. But if you're a sports fan slash basketball fan, you're in the right place at the right time. So welcome, Max. Welcome to Casa Thanks. de Raiden,
1: because we are in beautiful <laughs> Redondo Beach right now. Yeah, it's a great place. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it.
0: No problem. This is a, this is a fun, casual thing. Max is joining me on my staycation at Club Dub, um, which is I like to say jerry's house j-dub who was on the show a couple before this director of the lakers very kindly to give it to to give us a house for free for a week um don't ask why but we we got a free house for a week but
1: mike's a responsible guy that's probably why yeah taking
0: (laughs) care of the dogs and one dog already went to the hospital but today we got some fun information to learn a lot of kids you guys are going to learn a lot about how to get overseas how to get into the nba how to progress in your basketball career in we got Max Heidegger, a guy that dropped 40-something points on me in high school. Well, not me, <laughs> my high school, which is a bunch of bad basketball players. So <laughs> welcome, Max.
1: Thanks, man. I appreciate it, Mike.
0: So I want you to tell everyone, what, where are you from? Let everyone know that the local California people know who you are, but people overseas and across the world, who are you, where are you from? Tell us about
1: yourself. So Max Heidegger, like you, know, like you said, I'm from the Valley, uh, Chatsworth, California, originally. Um, you know, I've been a Valley kid, basically my whole life, uh, went to, you know, high schools in the Valley went to, you know, I went to Sierra Canyon growing up cause I lived literally right under there before they had a high school before they had anything. Um, you know, and then matriculated kind of into, I actually went to middle school there, you know, then matriculated into high school, went to, you know, Crespi in the Valley, uh, right in Encino, um, and then finished up my, my high school career at Oaks Christian, um, Yeah, it was a, you know, Valley kid born and raised just like you. And, uh, you know, uh, it was a great time, man. I love the Valley a lot.
0: Max is the Valley kid that everyone knows because he went to so many schools in a very (laughs) good way. This kid's been everywhere, but everywhere for a good reason. Yeah. And how about we talk about that? You are from the Valley. How'd you get into basketball? You have family, which I know you, you want to talk about your dad and your dad is Austrian and yeah. um, did Alpine skiing and has yeah. a history in that, which clearly you did not get into. But how about you tell us a little about your, you know, behind the scenes of family?
1: Yeah. I mean, one, it's hard to get into, you know, into skiing in, in the Valley, you know, all you have is Big Bear potentially or Mammoth, but it's, you know, at least a three to four hour drive every which way. So wasn't, wasn't, didn't make too much sense. Um, but I actually got into it because I, you know, I grew up playing soccer because my, my dad's European. Um, I grew up skiing a little bit, snowboarding, things like that. Because um, we would go up to Mammoth or, or places like that. And one of my best friends growing up, we met at gymnastics actually, because my, my older sister and his older brother did gymnastics together. And uh, when we were around, I don't know, I was probably four and he was maybe seven. And we just became best friends ever since and uh, when i was around 10 or so he was like hey have you like you like the lakers or whatever like when we were just hanging out and i was like no i don't really know what that's about i don't really know what that is and um so he kind of introduced me to basketball and then from there i kind of fell in love with the game and you know really started playing and you know um started playing like locally at the you know rec center and uh, at mason park actually Um, and if you know where that is in the Valley, it's like, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't go out there far. Yeah. It's a pretty, it's pretty deep in the Valley, dude. It's like, uh, (laughs) right. It's right under Porter ranch. Actually. I know exactly where that is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so started there and then, you know, started playing a little bit of like travel basketball and stuff like that. Um, you know, over the years and then, you know, kept getting better and then started getting into high school and, um, you know, yeah, all those types of things. (laughs)
0: Dude, that, that that is awesome. So how did you get, I mean, you got into basketball at a young age. Your dad, I mean, yes, he's European. He's a soccer lover. He's a ski lover. Who taught you how to play basketball in terms of, did you have any, a coach growing up? Was there a experience where you fell in love with basketball one season where you were scoring all the points as a kid? What triggered you being like, I'm not doing anything else. I'm going straight basketball, no matter if my dad says yes or no.
1: So I, I played, like growing up, I played, like I said, you know, soccer, a bunch of different sports. Um, and actually a coach that I met a little bit later on, uh, his name was in the Valley, his name was Colin Jamerson, actually runs a, a program called Game Timers, like a, a travel ball team for, I don't know, ages now, but usually from anywhere from like eight to like 13, 14. Um, and so he took myself in, a couple other of like my best friends at the time, um, actually one of my childhood best friends, his dad played uh, pickup, ball, pickup basketball at Taft. And then they'd practice in taft after them so he brought his son in i was really good friends with his son and then so that's you know how we got into there and that's when i you know kind of i guess caught the bug for basketball and really started you know caring about it and you know wanting to continue playing and wanting to you know kind of become the best player i could Um, you know of course when you're i don't know i was probably 11 or 12 your goal isn't to know go to college or anything just yet it's just you know you're playing for fun and um you know playing with your friends but he kind of was the one who taught me the fundamentals and how to play and and all that type of stuff me and actually a lot of other guys um from the valley who played ended up playing professionally or um you know some guys who played in the nba you know some guys who played high level college so he he ended up having a lot of good guys but it was never like a just we all randomly found ourselves there it wasn't like um one of those situations where everybody was coming from all over, it was just a bunch of Valley kids and we just all ended up being, you know, pretty good players. So it was, it was pretty interesting to see how that, how that ended up.
0: That's awesome. Was there a player, an NBA player growing up that you idolize Kobe Bryant, anyone that with your sharp shooting, uh, Kyle Cover, or not Kyle <laughs> Cover, Ray Allen, like anyone that you, I mean, if you don't know who Max Heidegger is, this guy can shoot lights out. I, I, I want to see him against Steph Curry. I really think he can beat him in a three-point contest. <laughs> I, don't, I but. don't know about
1: that one, but that's a, that's a tall task, but I appreciate Was it. Is there
0: anyone that you reflect your game on that you I want mean, to be
1: like? I mean, yeah, I think, you know, in the, in the modern game now, I think Steph Curry, like if you're a smaller guard who likes to shoot, I mean, I think, or who can shoot, I think he's the guy who everybody wants to be and everybody who, who everybody idolizes. But when I was a kid, you know, growing up in LA, it was Kobe Bryant only. You know, I had his poster in my in my uh in my room and you know, he was everybody's favorite player growing up in LA and it was just you know, I remember actually like getting the call when uh I mean not to to take a sad turn, but when he had passed away and it was just almost like surreal. Even my mom who, you know, never touched a basketball, never really cared about basketball at all, like she called me crying and was like he just meant so much to LA and I'm sure to you, even people who, you know, didn't play basketball, didn't like, I know you played, but I'm saying like you're, you were a baseball player. So it's not like
0: basketball and baseball and soccer. I was a big Kobe fan.
1: Yeah. But like everybody, even see people who never, who never played basketball, like, you know, when they shoot in a trash can, they, you know, say Kobe. And it's like, he just had such a big impact on, on, you know, on LA, I think, and basketball. Do you think
0: his mentality structured you as a player on, getting the last second shots his grit his defense because i see you on the court you do everything you're playing 100 percent the whole time you're diving for things you're shooting for things taking a last second shot you do everything that what kobe
1: basically gave to the world to see i mean it, like i don't know he was he was so in the best way possible he was almost like insane because he was so just dedicated to his craft i wouldn't say i'm you know, I'm 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 that dedicated. I'd hope I, I you know, I get there, but he's like, I think any, everybody who grows up and, you know, wants to be a basketball player, I think should look at him as, you know, as just in terms of pure work ethic. I think they should look at him and his mentality and just be like, wow, like that's how I'd want to be, or that's how I should, you know, model myself after. And even whatever you do, you know, whether it be, I don't know, your job, you want to do real estate, like the approach that he took to to the game of basketball was just—it's why he was so successful, but it's also why he was. Some people just couldn't work with him because he was so singularly focused. Um, it's just—you know—it's—it's—it's it's, it's crazy to watch and crazy to hear about. You know the stories about him.
0: Right. That's. I really, he—I really think he like reflects everyone. I think. Yeah.
1: I mean, he changed the way I played baseball, basketball, and soccer.
0: Uh, too bad I am six feet, and I, my basketball career couldn't go farther, which is why <laughs> I dropped on baseball and played college baseball, but. Yeah. Um, I think he's changed the whole world. Every guest I've had on between Jerry and Mike, everyone's been reflected by him and including yourself. So I really think he's a big part, but going from that high school, yeah, high school was a a very big surprise for you in terms Mm -hmm. of growing, uh, transferring schools. You played for Crespi high school. You played for Oaks Christian high school. Yeah. Did you play anywhere else that I'm not knowing about?
1: Yeah, I actually did. I played at Blair for, it was like for four months. It was a, like so yeah, basically I started at Crespi. I was um probably went in five eight and a hundred and thirty pounds, maybe at on my best day. Um but my freshman year I I played on varsity. You know, we had we had really good players at the time. Um our, our best player that year was uh London Perantes, who went to uh he went to Virginia and he's Played a little bit in the NBA, played overseas, played in the G League. Um, <clears throat> D'Anthony Melton was a freshman with me. Went to SC with you. Um, plays for the Grizzlies currently. Um, and a- another friend of mine, DJ Arisry, who played. Uh, he played up at Pacific, so he was another Division One player. Um, and so I-, I played on varsity my freshman year and played really, really well. Um, really enjoyed the experience; like it was great. And then my, I started growing a little bit my freshman year, going into my sophomore year, probably grew to. I don't know, five ten, five eleven. Um, started picking up like scholarship offers, you know, that that year. Um, you know. <laughs> I think the dog got in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's not throwing up again, you know. We don't have to go to the <laughs> we don't have to go to the hospital or the, the veterinarian. But um picked up a couple offers, uh uh like Washington had offered me at the time, uh Virginia Utah State, like a, b- a bunch of, like a good amount of schools ended up offering me going in my sophomore year. So I was like, you know, kind of building myself, um, you know, just to explain the story of the, the high schools, I guess. Um, and then my sophomore year of high school, I, uh, I broke my back, or I fractured my back in four places. I did um, not know that. Yeah. So I fractured my back in four places. Um, How did you um, do that? So how I think it happened, I don't remember. I just remember when it started hurting. But I remember one day, uh, we were actually playing modern day in a, a fall league game. Like a, so it actually didn't mean anything, which kind of sucks. But I like fell on my back. Like, uh, and from then on, like I, was, I started getting shooting pain down my, my back into my legs. Um, but it would only happen. It was so weird. It only happened ever so often. Um, and then later into my, I played with it for probably three months or so. And then after a while, I, um, I got hit in the leg, right? And so I couldn't move my leg very much, like, at all. Like, I got hit in the quad. Like, a, you know, I got a, a bruise or a quad bruise, and I couldn't really move my leg at all. And so I would seen a doctor, and he told me, basically, he was like, uh, yeah, you're, you're, we think your quad's okay, but we want to get your back checked out, because it just wasn't moving properly. And then got a a CT scan and they found like four fractures, L5 in my back. So it was pretty, pretty wild. And I remember actually asking the doctor, I was like, hey, you know, I've been, I guess I've been playing with it for a while. Like, what's the worst case scenario if I keep playing? He's like, oh, if you take a bad fall or something and it like slips, you could like be paralyzed or something. So I was like, oh, okay, nice. I'm, I'm going to shut it down. Um, So I actually had this like big plastic uh, back brace, like it looked like a, a turtle shell, basically. Um, and so I had to wear that for, man, probably six months, six, seven Did you, months. like,
0: cry at any time during that point, thinking that your basketball career was probably maybe over?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, it was, You
0: couldn't do anything. You're like, if I hit fall one more time, can't surf, I can't surf, I can't play basketball, I can't tackle someone.
1: No, I, I mean, yeah, at the time I was just, like, you know, I was kind of singularly focused on getting back to, like, where I was and, you know, focused on college and high school. But it was it was really sad for me, like, you know, seeing my friends play— you know in high school and, and do well and you know see them play AAU and I'm just basically sat at home like I couldn't even go to school for a while because the doctor was like it was it was really bad for a while and so like I had to homeschool for a little bit because I couldn't even like sit in the desk you know with the with the back brace on I couldn't even sit in this desk and then I to like you know had to been in a chair and I don't know it was just a whole thing so I ended up talking to school and I was like hey can I Homeschool for a while, like, and they were like, Yeah, okay. And, um, you know, so they tried to work with me, I think, the best that they could at the time. But um, it just ended up being really, like, awkward coming back. And, um, but actually, I remember so the reason I, I loved Crespi, like, I loved my teammates and, and friends and stuff like that. But the reason I ended up leaving um, was so I went to a game, like, the coach, the coach at, like, was like, Hey, come, like, you're still part of the team. And I'm like, Yeah, you know, I'd love to, but I wasn't. I had spoken to the, I forget what he was, principal or head of school at the time or whatever. Um, <clears throat> and so, like, my my mom had spoken to him, and they okayed me being homeschooled, right? So I went to the game, and he was like, I, th- I can't remember at halftime or when it was. He was like, hey, like, you weren't at, like, there's a policy. Like, if you're not at school, you can't be at the game. And I'm like, all right. Like, but he already okayed it, and I'm like, I don't want to be here ness Like, I want to be here for my teammates because, you know, I care about them. I care about... You know, Crespi at the time, and I, um, you know, I care about my friends and my teammates and my, and, and the coach, me and the coach were really close at the time, and I, I still talk to him, he's a, he's a great guy, um, but yeah, he, he was like, you basically have to leave or whatever, and so I'm like, and I, you know, my, my dad, I couldn't drive at the time, my dad drove me all the way to Loyola and, you know, whole thing, so I, like, stopped going to the games, and then one day, like, my mom was like, hey, why have you been going, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. and then I told her, and then, he said that I that he hadn't said that, and that he was, lying. you know, so it became a whole uh, altercation, basically. And he was, you know, the principal or the head of school or whatever. And so it's a small school, so I felt, you know, kind of awkward and and stuff like that going back. Um, and I was, you know, like you said, I was very upset. You know, I did have very emotional moments where I was like, not even in terms of basketball, I was like, you know, if I was paralyzed, like, what would I, you know, what would I have done or something? You know, you you really start to reflect. Um, so it was, it, it was pretty wild. But, um, so then I think at the time I didn't know how to properly handle it. Um, so I was just like, oh, I'm over it. And so I went to Blair Academy in Blairstown, New Jersey. Um, and this is
0: when you were a sophomore.
1: It was going to my junior year of high school. Yeah. So the I junior went there year. for my junior year. So this like, I got hurt my sophomore year. This happened. So you went you know. Crespi, Crespi and a half to Blair. And I finished my sophomore year at Crespi. Okay. And then over that summer, then I was like, you know, I was starting to rehab. I wasn't even fully back yet, but I was like, I'm gonna go to Blair, like, or I was like, I want to get out of, out of Crespi because of that whole, you know, interaction. I just, you know, I was a kid and I was upset about my back and about basketball and stuff. So, um, at the time, I just left basically and went went to to Blairstown, New Jersey, like. Is that where you started cool. rehabbing or did you, were you fully recovered then? And No, I wasn't fully recovered. I had already started rehabbing and stuff. So I was like semi back, but I I wasn't fully recovered at all. Um, so I kind of started like continuing my rehab there. Um, and honestly, like pretty much every experience I've been in, the coaches have been great. And like, I uh, you know, I really care about them. And actually the coach out there, Joe Mantegna, they they have a really good program, but he's a great guy. Awesome dude. But. I ended up going there and I wasn't fully recovered. And I tried to, you know, push back too fast and I ended up like breaking a metatarsal in my, or having a stress fraction or metatarsal in my foot. Um, And then I tried to like recover there and, you know, rehab and get back, but it was just like, I'm in the middle of nowhere in New Jersey. And it's like, you know, it just- Basically
0: the the whole, as people, if you know high school basketball, I would say maybe towards your sophomore year, when everyone starts maturing, AAU ball is, the way to go that's how you get recruited that's how you get seen unless you're a top high school school you're literally injured and can't even play and not even having a show of who you can possibly be
1: yeah i i couldn't play like and you know it was it was hard too because you know the schools who were recruiting me weren't any because i didn't play like you said i didn't play aau going into my junior year at all i didn't play high like you know i hadn't played the rest of my high school season so it was getting a bit frustrating and i was feeling like you know, a bit of pressure at that time too. Like not pressure, but more like, all right, I I want I wanted to get to a certain level and I wanted to get to a certain place. So I was like, I gotta get this done now. And um, but I yeah, so I ended up getting hurt again. Tried to rehab it and ended up coming home. Um, you know, back to the valley. Uh, and I actually, funny enough, I because re- you know I joined back in the middle of the year. I didn't know that. <laughs> like I like when I all I, came I saw is you dropped points on us and I thought no. you were there the whole season. No, so no, I my junior year, I, oh. I left Blair my junior year and I joined, I was like coming back in the middle of the school year basically. And I actually went back to Crespi for a while but I didn't play or anything. And I, I didn't want to be like, you know, try to come into the team and stuff like that. Cause I was friends with older guys. and I didn't want that like midway through the year. I'd just come back and try and play. And, um, you know, in that whole situation, um, and so i came back and just was a regular student and i was like trying to rehab my foot and uh was having like some other you know like injury issues and stuff just so i was trying to get over still my back and everything um so i ended up uh i ended up just not playing my whole junior year basically except for i think i played a half of one game at blair um because i i rehabbed enough to where i thought i could play and i i played a little bit but by halftime my foot was just you know, like thumping and pounding, so.
0: Right, so your back is healed, your your foot is healed. Come senior year, mm-hmm. you now transfer to Oaks Christian. Yeah. And you ball out the whole season. Didn't Oaks win league? Y- you guys yeah. won league?
1: Um, no, we actually came in second, but I, I, I mean, I, yeah, we came in second, but I won the been. MVP. Should have been first. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah. from that, you played a whole high school year. Mm-hmm. How did the whole recruiting, um, to fast forward, he then gets to UCSB, but senior year, How did the whole recruiting process go? You, I mean, the amazing player you are, how did you get seen? What was the process of you were injured your first three years, basically high school? How did the UCSB coach
1: find you? Was it because of your senior year? Was it what you did off the field? So, um, I mean, I had built up like some good recruitment, like I I had said earlier, between my freshman and sophomore year, because I played my whole freshman year and then the beginning of my sophomore year. I actually, when I came home, I'd quit playing like just totally, and I was working, like I was interning at an accounting place. I was working another place just to, I was like, oh, I want this stuff on my resume because I got to go to college. And, you know, I was like done playing basketball. I was like, my body can't handle this. My back is, you know, not great. And then I went to Oak Christian middle school. So I went back um, because all my friends were there and, you know, Crestview is all guy school, which is awesome. But I like, you know, wanted to be around some of my female friends and stuff like that. Um, and so i went back to oaks and then yeah. october of my senior year i started playing again um and then you know i guess my high school coach who had I'd, I'd known for a long time another great guy uh his name was robert Icart. he like called some schools and stuff like that that you know because like oh he's back playing and like you know so they came because i was you know formerly a good player um so a good amount of schools came and i started picking up some offers and I was actually going to wait, you know, how, you know, sometimes you can wait until a later date. Yeah. Uh, Santa Barbara came and I took a, I took an official visit and uh, I loved it up there. It's like, if you've, ever, you've been. Yeah.
0: I've been to UCSBA. Yeah. University of California, of Santa Barbara.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's right on the beach. You know, it's great academic school. Uh, you can have a great time if you, if you choose to do so.
0: Great basketball school now. Yeah,
1: it's doing Especially really well. Especially because of you, great basketball school. <laughs> yeah, it's, they're doing really well. They made the tournament this year. They were projected to go a little bit farther, and I thought they would, but they actually lost. At, they had a chance to win their first round game, and I think they would have went to the Sweet 16 um, had had they made a, a layup. One of the big dudes ended up missing. It went in and out. I was overseas devastated. Um, but yeah, and it was just a great school, great fit, but I ended up, I was going to wait a little bit just to make sure. And then I caught mono. So I was like, deciding. dude, you
0: literally gone
1: through everything. I know it was, it was like a lot. What else has happened? School, like a, a lot, but, uh, it, it was wild. So then
0: too many girls, guys, Max was with way too many girls. He was kissing mono, yeah. mono.
1: Yeah, of course. That's what it is. Right. <laughs> um, kissing <and> disease. <laughs> yeah. And then, so I was just like, oh, of course, but uh, I loved Santa Barbara and like, you know, I visited a couple of other places and, but, like something about Santa Barbara was just great. And um, so I ended up committing there and then, you know, got, got healthy off the mono in a couple of weeks. And then, you know, I ended up finishing out the year and finished it out pretty well. And, uh, you know, did pretty well against, uh, you know, Michael and Agora <laughs>
0: both times. <laughs> uh, and then also my other team, which we'll get into. You later got into, you finally made it to UCSB. You've gone through all that traumatic stuff in high school which throw that in the past now you're at UCSB you're now a freshman and you got to work your way onto the team on earning respect being that guy being the guy that will take the last shot and throughout those years you earned the respect you became in my opinion watching you play the hardest worker on the team you were everywhere my USC Trojans this guy literally put up a fight every single time he played them and supposedly your last year you guys were supposed to make it to March Madness. If the yeah, pandemic was, didn't happen.
1: It was looking that way. Yeah. It was but, looking that way. I mean, uh, you know, everybody experienced the same thing. So it's, you know, it was hard for me. I, like, it was hard for me because it was just like, everybody's going through this. So it's, how can you possibly be upset? And uh, funny enough, like speaking back on that, I like had sprained my ankle right before. So I was going to miss the conference tournament anyways. So I wasn't even that mad. I, I mean, I was mad for my teammates and stuff because they still had a they still had a really good chance, I thought. But um, yeah, it was just like, but everybody was going through it. It was such a weird time, like, right? And uh, it was you know such an unprecedented thing in our lifetime. So it was like, for a while, it was I I wasn't I didn't even care about basketball. I was just like, what's going on? Like, you know, I was like scared to get COVID. Like, I don't know if you were, but it was just so wild. It was it was a super crazy time. Yeah, it was insane. But it, yeah, it sucked to like have that kind of taken away especially for all the seniors like you know myself included but everybody all the seniors across the country who didn't get to play in their final ncaa tournament um you know especially people who already had their ticket punch so to speak is like right. you know what they'll call it to go to the ncaa tournament um who had their automatic bid so it was just sad like for everyone but it's like a bigger bigger deal you know
0: right and talking about ucsb Tell the kids out there that want to know what it's like playing Division one basketball, especially UCSB. I get it. They have a, they have a really good conference. In my opinion, it's very competitive, very good. I think it gets overlooked from the East coast. The East coast does not understand how many good West coast conferences there are, but what is the mentality that the UCSB coach wanted from your team yourself? What is the daily schedule of waking up in the morning to going into bed at night and studying for your classes? Cause it is a very academic school.
1: Yeah. So actually, funny enough, my first year, I was originally recruited by a different coach. So after my, like the first year I was there was like pretty tumultuous. We didn't have a great year. We had like some guys have some academic issues and uh, and things like that. And then a, a coach came in uh, who ended up being my coach the next three years. Me and him are, are really close. Uh, he's, actually, he's actually Jewish. Uh, his name is Joe Pasternak. Great guy. He's like, he can't be a hair over five, six, but he's just like, you know, he's small, but he's like a go-getter. You know, he'll call, like, if he wants to recruit you or something, he'll call you eight times a day, like, come here. You know what I mean? He's he's one of those guys who he's, he doesn't have any shame about it. He's going to try to get what he wants. Great guy. But to answer your question, um, when when he came, it was, like, a lot more regimented. Um, and, granted, it depends on your major. If you want to be a – because we had a kid on our team who was a – he was a bio major, right? So his work, his course load was a lot heavier than, you know, someone who was a, not to bag on history or something, but someone who's a history major, you know? Um,
0: History's tough.
1: It is tough, but it's no. I can't do it. (laughs) It's no bio. It's no bio. That's true. uh, Like for me, it was, we'd have weights usually four or five days a week in the morning at nine. Um, So you'd have to get up for that. Some people would have class, like my senior year, I had class in the morning before. So I'd have class at eight um and you right.
0: guys were on a quarter system correct quarter system, so that's yeah. even let's the classes are quarterly long they're they're, they're fast yeah 10 it's on a full semester
1: yeah 10 weeks and then that's it but usually like the be- it's better and worse because if you you can get lost very quickly um because it goes so fast and um you know it's such a heavy curriculum in such a short period of time so you can get lost, but at the same time, if you don't like a class or something, you can get out of it pretty quickly. And Red. you can take less classes at a time. So I'm in, I was in usually three or four a quarter. Um, whereas I know in semester you were on probably what, five, five classes?
0: Uh, I was in six. Six, okay. I was a little bit of an overachiever, but. Of course. Of that's course. because I had two years. I had two years at SC to yeah. get through all the classes I wanted to take. Must have been, that must have been pretty brutal, honestly. No, I loved it. Really? Ann School for Communication and Journalism. I had a blast taking sports classes, journalism classes, podcast classes. It was fun. Yeah.
1: So, but it didn't, you never f- felt it like affected you now that like, you didn't feel like you didn't have enough time in the day or something at certain points?
0: I'll just say this playing sports, playing two years of college baseball, dealing with trying to get straight A's and transfer over to my dream school, USC, you would. 100% agree. It, it puts you in a mindset of you wake up in the morning, you lift weights, you go to class, you, if you're able to go to office hours, you go to office hours to earn the respect of the teacher. Yeah, you go to practice, you come home, you take a shower, you eat food, and you do your homework. And yeah, if you have yeah. some free time, you'll hang out with your friends. I get it, it doesn't sound fun. But we all make free time for our friends and, you know, yeah. ladies and boys on both sides. But um. It, I think it mentally puts you in a right spot by playing a sport playing college basketball. You probably, yeah. you're on a system every yeah. day. You knew what you're going to do. You knew what time you're going to be home. Yeah. And it made it
1: easier for your life. Right. Yeah. But yeah, basically like to continue, like I was, I mean, just to get back to it. So after, you know, sometimes I had class in the morning, then you, you lift, you usually have class till, I don't know, we'd have practice every day at two 30. So you know when you have to be at practice like two to two 30 would, would be the only times. So you'd have to go in, you know, you have a trainer, you have, things if you're hurt or you have some injury you'll go in and get treatment so you're doing that in between classes or, or right before practice um and, you know you're going to class from that you know 10 you usually want to sh- obviously you want to shower after <laughs> after weights but it's usually shower and then you know from there you go go to class and you'll be there till 2 30 and you know then you try to go get some treatment try to maybe work on your game before and you'll be in practice for depending on how your coach is like and usually in preseason practice, like October, when the season starts, but there's no games, the practices will be a bit longer, you know, two, two and a half hours. Right. Um, And then you'll go home, you know, you gotta do homework, you gotta study, you gotta read, you gotta do whatever you gotta do. And then, you know, like you said, then you have, you know, your free time, especially on the weekends, especially if you know how to manage your time. Like I know, I know you did, and I started to get later on in college. But um, if if you manage your time pretty well, you can like have your fun and, you know, go out and see friends and, uh do all the type of stuff when you need to right um or want to but if you don't manage your time well it can it can bury you especially if you don't have good study habits to begin with as a college athlete like you can they'll provide support for you and help you out as much as they can but like if you let it bury you